Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that can help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. I interview industry experts to discuss the details of their products in order to help you make an informed decision on whether or not this product is right for you. As an educator with over a decade of experience both in and out of the classroom, I know that time and money are both precious. So I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey through education. My name is Brian Willette and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to My Creative Classroom for another amazing episode about transformational tools in education. Today, I am excited to have from Breakout EDU co-founder, Adam Bello. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. So I'm super excited to dive in what Breakout EDU is and sharing what that serves in education. But before we do that, let's tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what your background is. Yeah, so uh, I'm an educator by trade. I was a former classroom English teacher and uh, turned entrepreneur. I guess, is the, is the term that, that's been used, or entrepreneur. So uh, I started as a, as a high school English teacher. Um, then I wound up working at uh, Hunter College. I taught a, a graduate level course on using technology in the classroom and completely just my passion of being a super nerd with all this new tech and finding at the time that fancy Web 2.0 tools um, just finding these tools and sharing them. I had inherited the course and was supposed to teach like how to use Microsoft Word, but then it was like, well, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. So let me go over how to use that. So started cataloging all those tools, uh, created a website called Edutecher in 2007. Um, wound up being a, after high school English teacher, I was a technology training specialist, then uh, kind of failed upwards into becoming a director of technology for 18 schools across the country via the College Board Schools and created a second startup at that time called Edgeclipper, and then a third startup or a spin out of Edgeclipper, which was We Learned It. Then I went to go work at the, at the White House as a presidential innovation fellow, and then uh, joined over with Breakout EDU, which is where I've been for the last five years or so. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy, wacky ride uh, you know, throughout all different areas of the edtech space, and I'm still very passionate about edtech, I've you know written some books about it. I talk about it, but you know, breakout is the uh, is, is I would say nine to five. I would say more like uh, six a.m. to nine p.m., ten p.m., something like that. We'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that that's me. It sounds like such a great journey through through education and, and such and so much more, right? Into innovation and building into technologies that that are that go beyond what is in front of you. Sometimes that you think is the traditional or this is the you know the best thing, but there's actually more out there. So that's so amazing to hear your history and to what brought you to Breakout EDU. So let's dive into that. What is Breakout EDU? Yeah, so Breakout EDU, it, you know, our mission is that we unlock the love of learning through games. And we are uh, a collaborative game system. We have games that are built for in-person learning using the Breakout EDU kit, as well as uh, games that can be played digitally. And the goal is to have students work together to have organic collaborative experiences, work on those four C skills, all the while having fun and working on academic content. Um, so pretty, pretty uh, incredible tool. And by, by breakout, you literally mean like, like an escape room. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the origin story is, is uh, my co-founder, James. He went to an escape room up in Canada with some students. And, you know, the, the story goes that he saw these kids that were paying, you know, 30, 50 bucks a pop, whatever it was. 
to go get locked in a room and break, you know, you use the, you go through different challenges and puzzles and then figure it out and break out. And, you know, the line he used to use was, these kids worked harder than they ever had before. And in school, they're being asked to solve problems, but here they're paying to solve problems. And so, you know, quickly the, the, the parallel was, was changed. It's like, we're, we're not locking children in boxes. We're certainly not locking them in classrooms, a bit illegal. So uh, the product was designed with my other co-founder, Mark, uh, which was the Breakout EDU box, originally built <laughs> by his own two hands, made out of wood. And uh, you know, then we've kind of grown from then uh, to, to the Breakout EDU kit, which is a series of resettable items. And then the website, which has digital escape rooms, you know, it's 800 plus activities, content align, you know, across a whole bunch of different standards and grades. It's pretty exciting stuff. What an origin story, right? You, you, you see you see a need, you feel the need, and there it is. I, I can see that students are working hard to solve these problems. So let's let's give them these problems and let them repeat them over and over again. And so you mentioned the breakout EDU kit, this box that, that things come in. So a teacher purchases this kit. What does it come with and, and how do they use it? Sure. So we think about it as kind of like a, a Nintendo and on our site is where you would get the cartridges, so to speak. So uh, it, it is a, a kit with all of different resettable items. Uh, you know, what does it come with? It comes with a three-digit lock, a four-digit lock, something we call the multi-lock, which allows you to set different types of uh, combinations. So colors, shapes, uh, directions, etc. cetera. Um, it comes with a UV flashlight and a UV pen. It comes with a uh, thumb drive where you can store files and hide them in a small box. There is a small box. There's a large box. There's an item called a hasp which allows you to attach multiple locks to the front of either of those boxes. And uh, one of the other cool things we have with that, I'm probably forgetting one of the items because it is a bunch of stuff in there, but uh, one of the other items we have is something called the 4C cards, where it is literally a deck of cards that could be either put in the box for when they open it up, or it could be you know distributed to the children, uh, to the students while they're doing the game or afterwards as an, as an extension assignment, where it's questions about the 4Cs. So getting them to kind of have that metacognition about collaboration, critical thinking, you know, oftentimes we tell them you've got to work together to do this, but we don't tell them, hey, you know, you're only going to be focusing on, um, you know, you all have to work on this skill. But afterwards, it's a great deep dive to say, hey, how did I contribute as a partner? How did I, you know, help out the team or how was I receptive to ideas, et cetera, and, and, and really dive into those concepts, which is fun. And that seems like such a great feature to have in your classroom because teachers are forever trying to find problems, authentic problems for students to solve and, and even collaborate and work together um, and building that. And you've mentioned the four C's a couple of times. And just in case the listeners don't quite know what the four C's are, what are these four C's that you're engaging the students in? Yeah, so we have collaboration, critical thinking, uh, communication, and uh, creativity. So creativity, which is super important and often left behind. So. Yeah, and it's huge to see that all of this is packed into this kit. And you mentioned, you know, you you I love the Nintendo example where you know you have the Nintendo, you go to your site to buy the cartridges. And we, I've actually used some of these kits and used some of the cartridges from your website, and they're absolutely amazing and so well laid out um, for for a teacher or a user who is setting it up. So how are how are these built? Like who comes up with these connections to the curriculum and these cartridges and these games that are built on your site? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So. Um one thing of note, and I know, you know, we'll probably talk about how do you get it type of stuff later, but like we, we do sell the kit and we also, because of just the times we're living in right now, we have a subscription to the site. Um, 
you know, originally we would sell that together. And obviously once kids are more back in school, we'll look to kind of unify those two items again, but just to make it more accessible for teachers and for, for schools, we kind of bifurcate them a little bit during this uh, pandemic. So uh, you don't, you don't have to buy individual games. The nice thing is it comes with, you know, if you buy access to the site, you have all of the games. Um, so your question was who makes the games? And we have an amazing, amazing uh, colleague named Patty Haru. Patty is a former classroom teacher, a former technology lab teacher, and has, you know, a deep passion and understanding of how to build fun experiences for kids. And so Patty was early, early onto the team and started building some of the games for elementary school. And as we've scaled up, we've created a system where we um, have games that are created by some community members. And then we've also, you know, as, as we've grown and decided, hey, we need to focus on, you know, K through six, we want to have games for every content level that's taught for every, you know, US standard for Common Core, for, um, you know, for the NDSS. And so we've, we've uh, hired contractors to build games when those folks have taught that subject. So if you're a fifth grade teacher and you, you know, you're, passionate about math, if you make a really great game, we commissioned people uh, over the years to make games to fill all those buckets. And so right now we have about 1,700 games or so on the site um, that, that we provide. And as well as there's a game builder, which you know allows you to either edit those games to your own liking or build your own games. But uh, yeah, the ones we provide are, are a mix of created by other classroom teachers and created by our core team ourselves. You know, we've all kind of taken turns and, and built some of the fun games as well. That's, and what a great way, you know, you said commissioning out, but it's, it's teachers actually building this in the classroom, real world, and then placing it on this database for other users to enjoy, which I think is is amazing. A great way, crowdsourcing, if you will, to be able to build a platform that's authentic and has been lived, right? It's not being built in, in a dark room somewhere and then saying, here, go and, and try this this game. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the beauty of, you know, as I said, I, I kind of gave you my origin story of, of being a teacher and kind of how, uh, you know, I started these things. They were all started from need. And this was started from from a, a real opportunity of like, hey, kids should get out of their seats. Kids should collaborate together. They should be in, engaged and invested in what they're learning and uh, in an authentic, fun way. And so this is what Breakout has offered them. But the original, you know, the, the four or five folks that started working on this full time we were all former classroom teachers. I mean, now we're, we're <laughs> we've realized our limitations of like we know a lot of great stuff and we're really good at, at learning things. Um, but in terms of other folks, we're bringing onto our team to help uh, that they have more specific <laughs> specific uh, abilities. It's uh, you know we were a team of doers and we kind of vetted the ideas with not only our peer group but also through our own experience of having been in the classroom for you know some of us a longer time than others, but but a good a good while. Absolutely. And so we, you mentioned a little bit before, you know, having, you know, when you bought the kit, it would come with access and subscription to your services, the website, having the games on it. And then you split that, you know, to offer the opportunity, you know, for most likely at home learning and access to it digitally. Um, so what would the cost of that look like for either way, whether they're together or now that they're separate, what does a cost look like? Yeah. So currently the cost structure is it's $99 for a year's worth of access to the BreakEdD platform. And it's $99 currently for a breakout EDU kit, which comes with all the stuff you would need to set up any of the physical games. Um, of that 1700 number I gave you before, it's about an even split right now. We lean maybe a little bit more to the digital side, but uh, it's pretty even in terms of the number of games for each of those different products. And that's a decent price point for what you get, right? The kit is reusable over and over again. Yep. And somebody who goes, goes onto the website, you know, the subscription, 
what like what kind of materials come for a game? Like, do do I have to print stuff off? Do I have to go to the store to buy things? What do, what does that look like? Yeah. So the subscription is if if you're using the digital games, you have everything you need because you have access to the digital uh, you know content itself, and then you also have the ability to kind of create your own classroom within our platform. Invite students into that classroom. If you're a teacher, you could have as many classes as you teach. So you know, I teach let's say science in seventh grade. I have five sections. You could have five classes within the platform and you could get any of those science games that we have and just assign them to those groups of students to either work with collaboratively or share it via screen. You know, we, we have a lot of resources sharing how to play it via Zoom or, or Hangouts or Teams just, just to make sure that it's as collaborative as it can be. Um, the materials on the other side of the house is, is if you had access to the site and have the kit, you're able to print out materials um, usually it's a PDF, a single file with maybe five to seven different uh, images. And there's instructions, as you had referenced before, it's like clear instructions on how to set up the content, how to set up the kit, how to set up the locks, et cetera. And then for us, the most important part is understanding how these are, are solved so that students don't arbitrarily you know, have to guess the combination, obviously. There, there's thoughtful reason behind, like you have to uh, have an explanation from the students to get from this lock to uh, an answer. So we give teachers that, you know, as much as we would love to all have that learning struggle and, and figure it out, but sometimes we need to figure out, all right, here's the answer and here's how you get there. Yeah, and, and you know what, that that division, I think is now clear to me, it's you have the ability to do a physical breakout room in your classroom and your your web service online offers some materials to print off to build the room, for example, like a, a Back to the Future room, I think is one of them that you guys have and I think we've used, you can build that by printing off materials. And then you actually have virtual virtual games that allow you to experience that virtually so you don't actually have to put anything up. Is that correct? That's correct. The virtual games are, are games that are you know ready to go. Uh, and as I said, they're, they're great to play you know online with, with as many peers as you have. There's ways even through Zoom, you could kind of give the screen control. So I could say, hey, Brian, what do you think about this? You take a turn. Everyone's talking out how they think. You know, it's, it's as much as a facsimile as you can get to being physical when, of course, right now we're, we're not. Um, we also, you know, just to, to address the pricing for one more second, it's pretty simple, but we also have school pricing. So we, we offer like a, a school subscription for a year for as many teachers as you have in a single building for $9.99. And then obviously, you know, district pricing, we have a, you know, a sales team that can, can help with that stuff. But we, we try to make it, you know, we were, as, as I said, we were all teachers. So the value prop here is that I personally am a father of two young kids. I want them to be doing this type of learning. You know, this is not something where we want, you know, one-to-one -one kits for every kid in the school. It's, it's we're, we're cognizant of the fact that this is a really great way to kind of complement any of the different things you're teaching. And so we try to make it as accessible as we can for, for teachers, but obviously hopefully they go and, and get the funding from, from their schools to get this. And you actually just raised a good point. And so my question is, you, you mentioned not having to have one one-to-one -one kit for students, but let's say a school is saying, oh, wow, I'm all in. I want to use breakout in the school and let's assume we are in person. How many kits do you think would be needed to be able to actually function, whether it be in a class or in a school, for, for students to be able to do this? That's a great question. So we know that breakout is most effective when played in small groups. So we look at breakout like the, you know, if you're in a traditional classroom, most teachers that we've talked to, most customers have two kits. So they're setting up the same game and they're basically having it either done in centers or they're having it done where one side of the room is, you know, kind of playing in, in tandem with the other side or, you know, basically we know that probably between eight and 12 players is an ideal number. 
And so a school can certainly, as they are resettable, you know, the school sometimes buys, you know, X number, let's say it's 10 kits, 12 kits or whatever it is. And then the librarian keeps it in the media center. But we also know plenty of schools that are like, hey, anyone who's interested, we'll get each teacher that's interested two kits for one kit and they can kind of, uh, you know, use it that way. Yeah, and that actually sounds like a very reasonable price point and number point, right, for a school to start off, whether it be, you know, a couple kits that they lend out in the school and then it grows to having a couple kits per classroom as that interest and that ability grows. Because like you said, it's not just curriculum that you're trying to achieve. You're, the four C's, the abilities, you know, the critical thinking, all of those things come into play when doing this kind of activity. And, you know, I, I keep saying it because it, we, we've used them. I've actually used them in a classroom before and seen the engagement of students during production, if you will, setting it up. And then the actual engagement of the students who are, who are then doing it. And then the post-production, which is, can we make one? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, like, you know, you've heard speakers, I've done plenty of keynotes and heard plenty of keynotes that talk about sage on the stage versus guide on the side. And, you know, the joke is that that's, it, you know, everyone yearns for that as a, as a, as a, you know, I want to one day be able to do that. Breakout forces you to do that. Like your job as a teacher is to be that facilitator, is to sometimes the hardest job is to like put your hands behind your back and be like, all right, I'm going to get to watch my students learn and see how they learn differently. And, 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 you know, one of the, the greatest things that I get to do is hear stories about how people are using this. And a lot of people will come up and say like, hey, I have students in my class that either don't talk or they're afraid to participate or they're considered you know, X, Y, Z by their peer group. And they're the hero because they think differently. They're able to contribute. It's, you know, everyone's kind of in a level playing field of like everyone's in the dark a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's really heartwarming to see that that's an inclusive, um, that, that, that the games are on top of being collaborative. They're, they're really collaborative to the point of, of inclusivity. Yeah, and that's something too. And and I'd actually like to tap into some of your stories, if you don't mind, of of what teachers are are actually doing with this, and and you know what is longevity like? Do they do more than just your online and then move on? Like, what are some of the stories that teachers are sharing? Yeah, so we've we actually it's funny. I just saw a tweet a couple of days ago that was there was a class of third graders that had obviously played um, several of the digital games like throughout the holidays, and they had played some science games, math games. And then their challenge was that they had to create games for the first graders in the school. So they were given different topics. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it, it really, you know, because it's that it's consumption versus creation. It's, you know, being able to take something you understand and then being able to kind of make it a game and understand all the nuance there and, you know, not a worksheet, you know, this is not a pop quiz. This is not a multiple choice answer. Despite the fact that the, the, um, you know, on our digital games, the inputs are are standardized, right? It's numbers, shapes, colors. The same is true of even the physical games. The locks combination points don't change, but you can make that lock relate to anything. And then such clever uses of how these kids kind of take their own, um, you know, topics that they become expert in and then create challenges for other grade levels or other kids in the school. So that's one use case that I, you know, really was excited to see because, you know, it, it gives students so much more uh, depth of learning. Yeah, 100%. And, and to that, your exact story there, which is, you know, the class lived it and then they wanted to create their own for another class. We actually have a school in our in our district here that, you know, the class did it and then they were so excited that they built, I think it was like seven different rooms or stories. And then the community would come in, you know, they they came in and tried to break out. Like the whole school was like a breakout room. It was so That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And 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 to everyone listening, 
you know, we often buy something and it's got this one-time use. You know, it's, 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 I bought this product and here's what it's good for. But the reality I think is that what you're saying about breakout and what I've experienced is that it has a multi-use. It's not just, you know, build your room and escape. It's also, okay, now you go build rooms, you build puzzles, right? And, and, and that cognitive thinking about having to not only solve a puzzle, but then build your own sequences of puzzles for someone else, I think is, is above and beyond the four walls of a classroom. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, we, we love that. I mean, I think that the, you know, there are so many teachers that, that are looking for um, engaging content that allows for collaboration, especially today where they're looking for like, hey, I want the kids to collaborate, but I, I need to do it in a different environment. That's where the digital games is kind of like a gateway product to let them have ready off the shelf to see it, to play it. And as you said, like when you see kids playing this, it's like, you know, I, I've explained breakout to people for five and a half years. And it's like, sometimes their eyes are like, what are you talking about? But when you see it, it's just one of those things snaps in you and you're like, oh, that's what I've been looking. Like I wanted to see that part of my kids, of my, of my students. So you know, that's exciting. And, and, you know, I love hearing the fact that your, you know, students in your district had done that. And we've, we've heard tons of different cases. I mean, some of our stories are, are, are funny. One of them is there was a kid that he, um, I always laugh and it's probably not something I should laugh at is he had fallen at recess and broke his arm, but he refused to go home because they knew they were playing breakout after lunch. <laughs> so, oh, no. yeah. So that he tweeted this thing and I think we sent stickers for his cast. And if I remember the, the, the kid oh, correctly, wow. but yeah, I mean, it was like, there are so many, what I like to think about the product is it's super malleable and it is super reusable. And, you know, a lot of teachers do start out using it for that team building activity, either in the beginning of the year, it's a great icebreaker. You know, once kids come back from the pandemic, if they're not in person already, it would be a great activity to kind of, you know, have all the students working together collaboratively. Uh, you get to kind of learn and, and, and be with each other in a different way. And, you know, it can certainly be used at the end of each uh, at the end of each lesson to have them go over as a review. We've heard some teachers do that as um, you know that the culmination piece is they finish a unit, then they play a physical game. You know, game design can be baked in at any point for a uh, mm -hmm. for a deeper learning piece. So yeah, it's, it's it's really a product that allows teachers to kind of find their uh, their best use of how their students would would learn most from it. And you've mentioned a few times about like subject based and curriculum connections and and somebody who's using you know, the website and going on to the games, does it identify like whether it be state standards or is it country, you know, how does it identify what standards for that subject area you might be covering? Yeah, we are, we definitely split it by uh, Common Core and NGSS. So we have the standards for, for the U.S. brought out there. Um, you also can search by keywords. So, you know, let's say you're looking at fractions. Well, your state standard might be a slightly different, you know, nmbsq.123 well you know it's not something that rolls off the tip of the tongue or, or is easy to search for but if you type in fractions you're able to find it and relate it to whatever standard you have so it's very easy to do that we also have sequenced standards so if i went into let's say math and i typed on there's a button that'll come up that's fifth grade is literally a, a linkable pdf that has all of the games that are both physical and uh, digital in each of their units and what they cover doesn't talk about the game title because at that point the title of the game is irrelevant it literally just says this is the topic it covers and this is the standard we're covering and you could even use that as a uh, as a reference point throughout the year to kind of plan out when you're going to do those those activities what a great feature right there kind of almost like your menu 
of, of games that you can play to cover the topic that you're looking for. And I think that's a great resource, which brings me to my next question, which is professional learning or professional support. Do you guys offer, and you mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes I have to see it or live it in order to truly believe what it is. Is that something you guys offer, whether it be virtual or in-person down the road at some point? Uh, is professional learning for teachers looking to use Breakout? Absolutely. So we've done a whole bunch of um, different sessions that are available as, as webinars. We can certainly provide links to those. We're also looking to kind of expand that out a little bit, both with a, a personalized trial experience um, to kind of people that come to the site to let them kind of say, all right, I teach fourth grade and then provide them with here are four fourth grade games, one for math, English, social studies, et cetera, and allow them to kind of understand how our games work because they're different when you hear games in education. You know, sometimes you think like a, a very fast paced kind of question and answer type experience. And sometimes you hear games in education and you think like long form, you know, Minecraft style, open exploration and building. And we're kind of a very different animal that way. So um, long story short, we do provide experience. And we also have uh, what I would consider probably the best customer service around. Um, I work with an incredible team. We, we you know, have this inbox that is covered 24 seven and people get responses, you know, wicked fast. I think the most common response back to any of our answers is, wow, that was really fast. Um, and, and we have, uh, you know, a bunch of team members that currently share the, uh, the fun of responding to our customers, but it allows us to kind of provide help. There's lots of videos online. There's lots of other areas. And, you know, if anyone wants a PD, when we do, um, when any school purchases uh, for their school, we obviously onboard the school, uh, individual customers, we can point them towards any resource. And, We've been known to take phone calls on the weekend and <laughs> help wherever we can. Uh, that's amazing. And sometimes, you know, a make or break is customer support, right? Especially for educators looking for a service or a product and they want to know, listen, if I need to roll this out on Tuesday, is someone going to help me on Monday? And I, that, it's awesome to hear that you guys have that, you know, availability and that support in those webinars and, and some PL opportunities for teachers, as well as the onboarding. You mentioned in your statement about the, the speed of games and, and sometimes how fast we play which I forgot to ask is how long on average, or maybe we don't have an average number, do these games take? If someone, a teacher was saying, oh, I want to use one of these games for fractions. You mentioned fractions earlier in my class. Are they blocking off a whole class? Is it, is it a week long or, or what does that look like? So that's another, that's another area of malleability, right? So most of the games do not have a timer um, with them automatically. So some of our digital games do come preset with timers that you could of course edit and change to, to suit your fancy. Um, the in-person experiences are usually best to be a full period because you want the kids to have that experience. You could set the timer for, we always recommend a little less than half that than, um, than the entire class. So if it's 45 minutes, we would say set a timer for maybe 35 or 40 minutes and allow the debrief to happen at the end because I think the debrief is part of that. Even if they don't break out, even if they don't open up the box or they don't break out on the website, going over how you get the answers and you know how did the actual collaboration and all those other 4C elements go um, is really important. So it can be a full period. The digital games, it depends as well. You know, Sometimes teachers actually take the digital games and split them. You can copy one and then take two locks off and make it kind of a Oh, do now warm up. You could make it a, an exit at the end of your activity. Like, hey, you guys practice these two questions. There's lots of different uh, variables there. But traditionally, the digital games, maybe 20 to 25 minutes and the physical games, uh, probably a little bit longer. Oh, that's awesome. And, and you keep using the word malleability, which I think is fantastic because 
flexibility even is, is so important, especially in education. As teachers, we know that you've got to be flexible and be able to switch things up if we need to. And, and time is of the essence. Um, one thing I was going to ask is you, you talked about the virtual platform, which has students signing on and me putting my class, my students into the platform to use those virtual games. Is there, what are the security protocols? Do I need to give student information in order to get them online? Or is it, you know, just based on a user or a, a join access code? How, what does that look for a teacher getting their students into the virtual platform? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So we built this in tandem with um, iKeepSafe to make sure that we're FERPA and COPA compliant. Security obviously being super important when you're dealing with any student data. The student site is a separate URL. So students actually log in at a completely different uh, starting point than teachers do. Um, you know, that's for several reasons, but one of which is <laughs> they don't get the answers. Number two is we don't want their email. We don't want student email. What we collect is if a student is to sign up um, on their own, they associate by a class code. So they would create a username. Uh, we get their first name and last initial just for the teacher to be able to kind of distinguish who they are. You know, if you have, you know, five Brian's in your class, <laughs> we want to know Brian A, Brian B, whatever. Um, but no email for students. We do have SSO options with Google Classroom. We're exploring uh, Microsoft Teams sign-in, ClassLink, and some other options as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, for for multiple reasons, we want nothing to do with the student data itself. Um, we want to provide teachers with you know just so and so completed it. Here's how they did. But it's it's you know there's no. Um, no phone number, no email. You know, we fill out a lot of security privacy sheets, and it's it's almost funny to think like that people are tapping into all that. You know, parents' address and you know ties into your social security. Nope, nope, none of that. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. You know, security is often that that topic, the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. But you know, knowing that you guys are taking that initiative to say, you know, we don't want that information. We we want them to be safe and secure. I think that's fantastic, and that's such a, that's a leg up, right? Because sometimes you know, being in a district, you work with a company and you say, okay, we're almost there. We've almost got this done. And you're like, oh no, you require first name and last name. We, we can't do that yep. anymore. You know, like, so, so it's great to know that you're, you're kind of taking that step forward and making sure things are secure. And you've mentioned a few times that, you know, you're based out of the U S and you follow a lot of the U S um, security protocols as well as the, the uh, curriculum outcomes. But are you, is this open kind of worldwide? Could somebody in Canada log in and, and use the virtual platform? Yeah, absolutely. We, we have lots of folks in Canada. We have folks in Singapore. We have folks, I mean, anywhere where English is a predominant language and even places where it's not, you know, we have users that because of, as I mentioned, like the, the digital game builder, um, people can build virtual games wherever they want. And I think that that's, um, you know, it's appeal. Obviously our focus is here in the US, but that's not to say that, you know, five years down the road that that's, that changes to expand elsewhere. But, um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, it's if you check Twitter and when I check during the day, I see all US. Sometimes I'll check at night and it's like, you know, here's different places in the country or, or around the world rather that are playing. So it's lots of fun to see it spread elsewhere as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and you and you mentioned predominantly English, but are there are there games or are there puzzles that are in other languages? There are. So we do have a very, a very limited number of games that I, I believe are in Spanish and French. Uh, as well as a bunch of ESL games for a variety of languages. I know there's a couple of German games. Uh, it's not, as I said, it's not our, our focus at all. But we do have a couple of games. And again, the nice thing is, is that if you speak, you know, a different language, you speak German, take one of our English games. And as a teacher, you've got the, you know, math is math. So <laughs> yeah. you ch change the, the question content and uh, you're, you're good to go.
Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and you know what? That's something too. You use what's there because like you mentioned before is the math is the math, the puzzle, you know, work with it, work with the content to build it and make it your own so that it suits your purpose. So Adam, we're at a point in the show now that I like to call my specialist top five. It it really identifies ways that that you believe breakout can help teachers. So my question to you is what are the top five ways that you think breakout can help teachers transform learning in or out of the classroom? Yeah. So I think, I mean, with breakout, I would say it boosts engagement and, and allows for fun in the classroom, which I think, you know, given today's climate, I think it, it's one of those things where it's, it's not tangible. It's not going to relate to necessarily a, uh, a grade point average, but it's really important. Um, get it, getting kids to kind of get, you know, wh whether it be get out of their seats if you're playing in person, but also just, you know, get out of the, the Zoom haze <laughs> and, and really dig in and, and get a chance to, uh, to do something that's enjoyable. Um, that's, that's one. Um, two is, it's, you know, it allows what I said before about that teachers to be that guide on the side to see different sides of the student learning. I think it's vitally important. Um, and it gives you kind of a different perspective than any other class activity that I that I know of. I mean, you really get to see a class dynamic emerge. You get to see students' uh, strengths and struggles sometimes, and it allows you to kind of see a different uh, a different piece of the kid that that's important. Um, I think the four C skills, the SEL skills, you know, it's it's almost a byproduct of it, but every game kind of brings about a conversation that could be had around how students are you know, working together and being collaborative. And, and, you know, I think that's such an important piece that, that a lot of products, again, like, you know, so many things in the classroom are, you know, we talked about individualizing, right? Where it's like, all right, you go up in the corner and this will ask you questions and adapt to what you know. Very few are like, here's the problem set. You guys work together to solve it. I'm not going to help, you know, or I'm going to help it, you know, as minimally as, as possible. So, so that's one. Um, I think it allows another one, I think we're on four, is it allows students to kind of fail forward. Um, you know, when, when you pull on a lock and you don't open it, you're being told distinctly, you're wrong. Like, Brian, you didn't get the answer. Try again. And in so many classes, that's it. Like, you know, when I taught, it was like, oh, you're wrong. Kid, give it evaluate quickly. Like, did I get enough right that I could pass the class? And with breakout, it's like, no, you're, you're challenged. You have to break out of the, you know, you got to get in here. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really one of the big appeals is that they're able to kind of be engaged and be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. And then they work harder to be right. And I think in life, that's just the skill. Like, you know, if every time I was wrong, I just gave up, <laughs> I, I, you, know, you wouldn't be here, right? Um, and, and then I guess the last one that I would think about is like, you know, it allows students to turn from passive um, from, from passive consumers of content to be actively engaged in both playing a game and creating, right? So they can, they can, you know, be the active contributor in the actual, uh, the, the gameplay itself, but also then could theoretically create their own experiences for others to go through. No, oh, what an amazing top five though. Like, and you mentioned there failing forward and, and that experience of pulling on a lock and it doesn't open because if, Okay, if anybody listening has ever done an escape room or done a breakout kit, you know that when you pull on that lock and it doesn't open, you think to yourself, I need to go back and redo this again because I made a mistake and you're trying to solve and fix your own mistake. And that is a learning experience on its own, right? Because it's, it, it's to your exact point. It's not the teacher saying, no, that's wrong. Go fix it. 
it's literally physically can't open this. Yep. So I've done something incorrectly, right? It's, it's, it's something I've done wrong. So what a great statement there because, you know, I've seen it, you know, I've experienced, you know, the real escape rooms and I've escaped, uh, I've, I've experienced, you know, student created escape rooms with your breakout kits. And it's the same thing, right? And, and that, that, that joy that students have when an adult pulls on the lock and it doesn't open, I've stumped the teacher, yep. right? It's that beauty as well. So that's so encouraging. And I think there's so much there in just that one statement that, yeah, you know, absolutely. I encourage all of the listeners, all everyone to go check it out, you know, follow uh, breakout edu on Twitter at breakout edu and check out the website, breakoutedu.com um, to see everything that's there. Because until you see it, that statement still rings with me until you see it to believe it, you know, you got it. You got to see it. Like you really got to see it in action and, and check out what everybody's doing. So Adam, you know, I thank you for being on the show, but before we take off, we've covered a lot in our conversation. You know, we've, we've gone from point A to point Z back to point C, I think. Um, <laughs> is there anything that we may have missed that you want our listeners to know? I think it's, you know, always be looking for opportunities to allow students to kind of surprise you. Um, you know, with breakout, as I said, all different types of learners are able to kind of shine. And, and that's one of the, the beautiful things about the, the product. It's one of the beautiful things about what we're trying to do with Breakout. And so, you know, look for opportunities to provide fun experiences for your kids. And, and you know, if there's something that we don't have that you're looking for, let us know. We're, uh, <laughs> we are always, always eager to, to kind of create an experience that is going to be worthy of your classroom. Again, knowing that most of us came from the classroom to start with we want to give an experience that that's going to be unique and uh, and valuable for the students and the teacher as well. And what an amazing way to end the show with saying that, you know, you're building an experience for both the teachers and the students and to, to explore it, ex explore opportunities so that students can create, collaborate, communicate, and think critically in a different environment, right? Than they're used to in a different world so that they get that opportunity to pull on the lock and whether it opens or it doesn't, you know that they're working on some essential skills for the future. So Adam, I thank you so much for joining me on my Creative Classroom podcast. And I appreciate all of your insight into what Breakout EDU is and how it was created and all of the things that you are doing for our teachers who are working in the classroom or working from home virtually in using your platform. So I look forward to continuing our conversation and I encourage all of our listeners to head over to your Twitter at BreakoutEDU or to the website BreakoutEDU.com to check out all of those materials. So once again, Adam, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Adam Bello from BreakoutEDU. I encourage you to check out the product at their website BreakoutEDU.com and even follow them on Twitter at BreakoutEDU. It's amazing to see that this one product, these puzzles, can help engage your students in the four C's. Look no further if you're trying to engage your students in problem solving and critical thinking because I believe that this breakout EDU kit, these puzzles and these locks can help you do just that. So don't forget to follow them on Twitter, check out the website for the opportunity that it may bring to your classroom, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MyCreativePod and subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on right now to receive notifications of when a new episode comes out. As always, let's make learning creative. My name is Brian Willette, and this was My Creative Classroom. <laughs>